Hey, this is Pastor David. Thanks for plugging in today. I believe that this word from God will encourage you, challenge you, and help direct you toward your destiny. A new commandment I give unto you, Jesus said, that you love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and understanding, and that you love your neighbor as yourself. Let's get right into the word. There's no one like our God, no one at all. Gave his son for us, Jesus the Lord. Who can love us like he does? Welcome back, friends and family, to this episode of Daily Bread. Pastor Dave here in the podcasting studio talking with you about God's 10 perfect, sublime commandments, how they affect you, how they affect humanity, and what they reveal about God. Today, we're going to be talking about the sixth and the seventh commandment. And you would think of all the Ten Commandments that the one that needs the least explaining is the sixth. It seems so clear. Exodus 20 and in verse 13, these four little words, you shall not murder. The King James translates, thou shalt not kill. The truth is quite the opposite. This is probably the least well understood of all 10 commandments. The reason is that the original Hebrew does not say, do not kill. It says, do not murder. Both Hebrew and English have two words for taking life. One is kill. In Hebrew, it's the word hahog. And the other is murder. In Hebrew, it's the word vastog. The difference between the two is enormous. Kill means one, taking any life, whether of human being or an animal. Two, taking a human life deliberately or by accident. Three, taking a human life legally or illegally, morally or immorally. On the other hand, murder can only mean one thing, the illegal or immoral taking of a human life. Thou shall not murder. This is why we say, I killed a mosquito and not, I murdered a mosquito. That's why we would say, the worker was accidentally killed and not, the worker was accidentally murdered. Words are important. So why does the King James Version use the word kill rather than murder? Well, because 400 years ago, when the translation was made, the word kill was synonymous with the word murder. As a result, some people don't realize that English has changed a little since 1610 and therefore think that the Ten Commandments prohibits all killing. But of course, it doesn't. That would make God totally schizophrenic. If the Ten Commandments forbade killing, we would all have to be vegetarians. Killing animals would be prohibited. And we would all have to be pacifists, since we could not kill even in self-defense. However, you don't have to know how the English language has evolved in order to understand that the Ten Commandments could not have prohibited all killing. The very same part of the Bible that contains the Ten Commandments 
the five books of Moses, or the Torah, as it's known by the Jews, commands the death penalty for murder, allows killing in war, prescribes animal sacrifices, and allows for eating meat. A correct understanding of the commandment against murder is crucial because while virtually every modern translation correctly translates the commandment as do not murder, many people cite the King James translation to justify two positions that have no biblical basis. The first is the opposition to capital punishment, and the second is pacifism. Regarding capital punishment in the Bible, the only law that appears in each one of the five books of Moses is that murderers be put to death. Opponents of the death penalty are free to hold the view that all murderers should be allowed to live, but they are not free to cite the Bible to support that view. Yet many do, and they always cite the commandment, do not kill. But that, as should now be abundantly clear, is not what the commandment says, and it is therefore an invalid argument. In regard to pacifism, the belief that it is always wrong to kill a human being, again, anyone is free to hold this position, as immoral as it may be. What other word than immoral can one use to describe forbidding the killing of someone who was in the process of murdering innocent men, women, and children, say, in a movie theater or a school? But it is dishonest to cite the commandment against murder to justify pacifism. There is moral killing, most obviously when done in self-defense against an aggressor. And there is immoral killing, and the word for that is murder. The Ten Commandments are portrayed on two stone tablets written with the finger of God. The five commandments on the second tablet all concern our treatment of fellow human beings. The first one on that list is do not murder. Why? Because murder is the worst act a person can commit. The other four commandments prohibiting stealing, adultery, giving false testimony, and coveting, these are all serious offenses. But murder leads the list because deliberately taking the life of an innocent person is the most terrible thing we can do. That being true leads us, of course, to the seventh commandment, Exodus 20 and verse 14. You shall not commit adultery. There's an old joke about the seventh commandment. Moses comes down from Mount Sinai and says, I've got good news and bad news. The good news is that I got him down to 10. Uh, the bad news is that adultery stays. That joke is telling. The prohibition on a married person having sexual relations with anyone except his or her spouse may be, for many people, the most consistently difficult of the Ten Commandments to observe. The reason shouldn't be hard to guess. One is the enormous power of the sex drive. It can be very difficult to keep in check for the entirety of one's marriage, especially when an attractive outsider makes him or herself sexually or romantically available. Another reason is the human desire to love and be loved. For normal people, there is no more powerful emotion than love. If one falls in love with someone while married, it takes great effort not to commit adultery with that person. 
And if we add the unfortunate circumstance of a loveless marriage, adultery becomes even more difficult to resist. And that's why that joke is funny, because it reflects truth. Why is adultery prohibited in the Ten Commandments? Because, like the other nine, it is indispensable to forming and maintaining a higher civilization. Adultery threatens the very building block of civilization that the Ten Commandments seek to create. That building block is the family, a married father and a mother and their children. Anything that threatens the family unit is prohibited by the Bible. Adultery is just one example. Not honoring one's father and mother is another example. And the prohibition of injecting any sexuality into the family unit, like incest, is a third example. Why is the family so important? Because without it, social stability is impossible. Because without it, the passing on of society's values from generation to generation is impossible. Because commitment to a wife and children makes men more responsible. It makes men more mature. Because more than anything else, family meets women's deepest emotional and material needs. And nothing comes close to the family in giving children a secure and stable childhood. Why does adultery threaten the family? Well, the most obvious reason is that sex with someone other than one's spouse can all too easily lead to either or both spouses leaving the marriage. Adultery should not automatically lead to divorce, but it often does. There's another reason adultery can destroy a family. It can lead to pregnancy and then to the birth of a child. That child will, in almost all cases, start out life with no family at all, meaning no father and mother married to each other to call his or her own. And if adultery doesn't destroy a family, it almost always does terrible harm to a marriage. Aside from the sense of betrayal and loss of trust that it causes, it means that the adulterous partner leads a fraudulent life. When a husband or wife is having sex with someone other than their spouse, their thoughts are constantly about that other person and about how to deceive their spouse. The life of deception that an adulterous affair necessarily entails inevitably damages a marriage even if the betrayed spouse is unaware of the affair. Finally, the commandment prohibiting adultery doesn't come with an asterisk, saying that adultery is okay if both spouses agree to it. Spouses who have extramarital sex with the permission of their husband or wife may not necessarily be hurting their spouse's feelings, but they are still harming the institution of marriage, protecting the family, not protecting spouses from emotional pain is the reason for the commandment. Remember, the Bible is chiefly based on a father, his family, and their home. Many marriages, sadly, are in trouble, and it's not for any of us to stand in judgment of others' behavior in this realm. No one knows what goes on in anyone else's marriage, and if we did, we might often well understand why one or the other sought love outside of marriage. The truth remains that no higher civilization can be made or can endure that condones the act of adultery. That 
is why it's prohibited in the Ten Commandments. It is the Father's heart to have a thriving, healthy, successful family. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Daily Bread. We've been talking about the Ten Commandments, what they reveal about God, and how that changes and shapes us. Make sure to explore our archive of messages on YouTube by typing Strong Tower Casper in the search bar. Thanks again for listening. Without your faithful support, we wouldn't be able to do the work that God has called us to. If you know someone who would be blessed by what you just heard, please pass this along. At Strong Tower, we believe that you are a unique expression of God's love and creativity, and we consider it an honor to be a part of your journey. There's no one.